0: Hello and welcome to another edition of Literati, a comedy podcast about the greatest American novels never written. I'm Michael Wolf,
1: 5'10, hazel eyes and an ass that just won't quit. And I'm Colin O'Brien, ugly and smells bad. Now, hosting a hit podcast like we do, I think it comes as no surprise that every single week we get hundreds of letters from Con Ed threatening to turn off our electricity. But In addition to that, Michael and I also like to imagine what it would be like to get fan mail. So, we wanted to
0: take a moment right up top here to address all of our imaginary listeners and aspiring writers who want to know how to be an author.
1: (laughs) First tip, get a drink. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Maybe two or three or ten. (laughs) Yeah, it's true. (laughs) We often say if you're not drunk, you're not writing. In fact, a famous author once said, write drunk, edit sober, get drunk again, text your ex-girlfriend. That was Dr. Seuss who said that, and
0: mm -hmm. he's a doctor, so you know it's good advice. Only someone who is blind drunk would have the confidence to think that strangers would want to read the dumb bullshit they've thought of. Okay, Michael, but I'm already drunk. (laughs) What do I do now? Good question, Colin. Once you've choked down enough booze, you need to decide what your novel should be about.
1: Oh, okay. Like maybe a book about all the different kinds of mud? Hmm, no, that sounds boring and bad. All right, well... Maybe my book could be about an amusement park filled with dinosaur clones. No, that's already a best-selling book that was turned into blockbuster movies. (sighs) Okay, well, well maybe my book could just be one big page with a picture of a cat dangling from a tree branch and the text hang in there written underneath it? You're thinking of a poster. Well, shoot, Michael, writing sounds hard.
0: It is hard and not fun. But being an author isn't only about coming up with great ideas to write about. You also have to figure out time in your day where you can write. You know, 90% of writing is avoiding actually writing, so you have to create a lifestyle that allows you to live that way. The life of a writer is quite a bit different than the life of a normal person. You don't wake up every day at 8 a.m. and go into an office. There are no bosses and
1: managers, no casual Fridays. Yeah, you don't have to eat breakfast every day or shower ever. You don't have to file taxes or call your loved ones.
0: In fact, most of writing is actually just drinking black coffee and smoking cigarettes indoors. This alternative lifestyle of creative types can be difficult for people who are just starting out. It's important to remember that every writer has their own schedule that works best for them. And some of the most famous authors in history held very unique schedules.
1: That's right. In fact, Gustave Flaubert would do most of his writing from 10 p.m. to 3 a.m., then sleep until 9 a.m., and then have breakfast with his mother before reading for five hours. Well, Maya
0: Angelou, on the other hand, would sleep from 10 to 6.30, and then write from 7 to 2. You see, different
1: people have different routines. Exactly. You have to find the patterns that work for you. Personally, I found the perfect lifestyle for me. I wake up every day at 6 a.m. and reread the Hunger Games trilogy. Now, that takes about 10 hours, but it's worth it because I hate those books so much, and reading them reminds me of that. The shitty writing of Suzanne Collins fills me with so much anger that I can't think about anything else besides writing, if only to prove how much better at it I am than her. However, by the time I'm done reading, it's time for dinner. So I make about four pounds of plain ramen, but I'm usually too hungry to let them cook all the way. So I end up eating about four pounds of al dente ramen every single day, and that makes me very sleepy. So I lie down for a little bit. I find it easy to fall asleep to the Hunger Games movies I've stolen from the library. So I put those on and sleep until about 4 a.m. Then I wake up and I start writing. But uh, so far I haven't thought of anything interesting to write about.
0: And that's what works for you. Exactly. I personally couldn't be any different. On a typical day, I sleep in until about noon. Not much of a morning person, sorry. And then I quickly get on my computer and start calling out my haters. You know, I don't know what I did wrong, but 14-year-olds fucking hate me. And I'm not going to be happy until I correct all of them and convince each and every single one of my haters that I am, in fact, cool. And yes, I can almost land a kickflip on a skateboard. Then I eat lunch alone at McDonald's while starting to begin to think of ideas. After that, I go home and start drinking red wine while responding to hate mail from the ASPCA. You know, I don't know what it is I did wrong, but animal rights activists fucking hate me. And I refuse to apologize for my brilliant first novel, Endangered Animals and How to Cook Them then I watch Felicity, and then I take a bath for about an hour while drinking white wine, and then I fight with my lawyer, fist fight, and then I write about two paragraphs before
1: I black out. All in a day's work. But we're professionals. I mean, we can't expect you, the listener, to jump right into this fast-paced lifestyle like that. So here are some examples of other authors' daily routines to give you some ideas and some options of alternative lifestyles that might work for you. Tom Clancy just draws tanks and planes all day, and then he goes to VFW halls and steals their ideas. Jonathan Franzen spends all day in Washington Square Park, hoping to get recognized by NYU
0: students, and then he refuses to sign autographs.
1: Zadie Smith locks herself in a Starbucks bathroom with just a notebook and a pen, and she won't leave until she's written a bestseller.
0: And my good friend Jim goes into hospitals and performs major operations on sick people. That really gets the juices flowing for him. He hasn't written anything yet, but I know he's got a great
1: novel in him. Oh, um, Michael, are you sure Jim's a writer? He sounds like he might be a surgeon. (laughs) Colin,
0: what is writing other than dissecting the minutia of life? Plus, you don't really have to write to be a writer. You just have to tell people you're a writer.
1: Mm, Yes, the number one thing you should take away from this is that Before you can actually start writing You have to give off the impression that you are writerly Mm -hmm. So start wearing lots of scarves and tweed and dumb hats And walk around looking like you're in pain all the time Pretty soon people will just start assuming you have an MFA And now that we've talked about finding what does work for you It's also important to be aware of what doesn't work Yeah, that's right.
0: Uh, You're going to start writing and you're going to realize, wow, these sentences I've crafted are very bad, um, dangerously bad. And there's no way to get through that other than to just keep writing and hope your work gets better. But I think we found a shortcut.
1: Yeah, we have a list we've compiled of a handful of sentences that you really should avoid at all costs in your novel. Yeah. Now uh, learn from our mistakes.
0: There's bad writing, and then there's a, oh, my God, my publisher might
1: hurt me yeah.
0: kind of writing. And these are what we call shortest, grossest sentences that will really tank any potential novel. Yeah. So, so uh,
1: avoid them at all costs.
0: I'll start you off with one. For sale, baby shoes full of worms.
1: Here's another. The dank maggots slithered into the rancid ham. Another terrible birthday party. And you're thinking, what a great
0: way to describe that bad birthday party. Just think of another way. It's not going to work. Here's one. The pus harvest was thick this year. Marjorie thought to herself as she shat.
1: This orifice munches and gurgles.
0: The dripping fetus would soon fatten into a viscous baby.
1: I'm trying to be an actor. Fat jowls clogged with vomit. Mm. Pass me another slice of slick, wet bread. Bulbous pustules squirted a big mess everywhere and got the whole room sloppy. And finally, the open mic starts at 7.
0: And there you have it. Now, you might be thinking, but Colin, Michael, these can't be the only short, gross sentences we should avoid using at all costs. And you'd be right. We've compiled over 30,000 gross sentences you should never use into
1: one book. Unfortunately... No one wants to publish this book. But, in fairness to us, I kind of feel like that proves our point. Mm. That you should really avoid using these short, gross sentences that we just listed. Now, there's nothing short or gross about today's guest. We are so excited to welcome onto the podcast our good friend, Mr. Dylan Maron. We are so happy to have him here today. Now, he's not going to be reading some of his own work for us. He actually got his hands on taylor swift's new manuscript and he's gonna be reading it to us today i can't wait
0: wow i am over the moon now i've listened to taylor swift's songs big swift head over here i am so excited now i've listened to taylor swift's songs i knew she could write chart toppers but a fiction book
1: (laughs) I don't know. I'm excited, but I'm nervous. (laughs) Well, I'm giddy all over, and I just want to get Dylan in here and have him start reading this Taylor Swift manuscript to us.
0: Well, then let's shut up and let him start reading. How about it, folks?
2: This is the unpublished manuscript of Taylor Swift's first and only attempt of writing a novel. It is also her first and only attempt to engage in intersectional feminism. So this is Taylor Swift writing a novel with a protagonist of color. Chapter 1. College The late August air felt like all the men she had ever known, which also felt like a car riding down a street backwards in the wind, which also felt like hot summer rain in the middle of a hot day. Lindsay, and then that's crossed out. Beyonce, and then that's crossed out. Uzo Aduba, and then that's crossed out. Whoopi Goldberg was ready for college, and the car was fully packed. She had a bright future ahead of her as a famous civil rights activist. Since she was the valedictorian of her high school, she had already declared her college major, Martin Luther King. There was one final thing she had to do. She had to say goodbye to the boy who broke her heart into a million pieces, leaving it shattered on the floor with no broom, no dustpan, and no cleaning lady to clean it up. And in the margins, there's a note that says, you can't say that, and cleaning lady is crossed out. Yes, Whoopi Goldberg was the valedictorian, but she was also cool, but also the nerdy girl who is actually beautiful, but also loved by everyone, but also loved by not enough people so that you can project yourself onto her story. Whoopi Goldberg's beautiful black, and then that's crossed out, African-American, and then that's crossed out, tan skin was so stunning and exotic and appealing and also had no impact on her life whatsoever. Her face was just like Jennifer Lawrence's except, you know, tanner. And her hair, her hair was... And then there's a big blank space for the rest of that paragraph. But just like finishing the last page of a diary or adding the final charm on a charm bracelet or seeing the ultimate leaf in autumn fall or hearing the concluding school bell, she knew she had to say goodbye to the boy who broke her heart. She marched across the street to his house. They conveniently lived on a cul-de-sac of pastel-colored houses no not like colored just like they were pastel colors it was colors of pastel brightly paint brightly painted houses so she marched across the street to his house that was also painted a bright color just like hers she stood outside his door the door she had known so well the door she had posed in front of for prom pictures The door she had matched her lipstick to to see if he'd notice. The door of possibility. The door that was so much more than just a door, but also a metaphor for a portal into her past. Do I really have to, she thought, as she blew her bangs and then that's crossed out, braids and then that's crossed out, dreadlocks and then that's crossed out, hair out of her face yeah girl you gotta but she didn't say it like girl she just said it like girl like normal i mean not normal she just said it in the american way i mean not american she just said yeah girl you gotta (sighs) she knocked on the door she knew so well the metaphor for the portal to her past and much to her surprise his mother answered Whoopi goldberg was surprised hi is denzel washington and then that's crossed out fetty wap and then that's crossed out will smith home i'd like to say goodbye to him Will Smith's mother could tell she was nervous. "'Hey, baby, why don't you come in for a second? Take a load off.' Will Smith's mother always knew just how to be a comforting, desexualized maternal figure. Imagine a woman who is a cross between the Pine Saw Lady and— Well, no, it's its just the Pine Sol Lady. His mother is actually just the Pine Saw Lady. "'Sure,' Whoopi Goldberg said as she motioned to her parents that she'd only be a minute. "'Can I get you anything to drink?' the Pine Saw Lady asked." "'Just something cool, refreshing, and not too light. "'Something that will give me the energy to keep going at a pace like mine "'but with a cold touch of relaxation and with the tiny bubbles that are as light as air. "'I've got just the thing for you, baby girl,' the pine-saw lady said, "'and immediately produced a sleek, silver, vintage-style bottle of Diet Coke.' Diet Coke, the only beverage that's got the energy of a pop star with the kick of a rock star. Diet Coke, when you're thirsty, ready, or just on the go. Diet Coke, not like Coke Zero at all. That's for guys. Diet Coke, not like regular Coke. Diet Coke, diet Coke, diet Coke, Coke. for a girl like you. Oh, thanks, Whoopi Goldberg said and sipped from her straw, each bubble bursting in her mouth with the sweet lightness that only Diet Coke delivers. They sat in silence for a moment, smiling at each other. "'What were you here for again?' the Pinesaw Lady asked. "'Just say goodbye to your son, the boy who broke my heart, "'just like he broke the record of his basketball team, Will Smith.' "'Oh, right,' the Pinesaw Lady said, and promptly went upstairs to get him. Whoopi Goldberg waited in the kitchen for what felt like an eternity, "'but was really only a few seconds, "'because that's what it feels like when regular human people are nervous. "'She heard the footsteps coming down the stairs like a heartbeat approaching, "'or like a clock ticking, but also just like feet coming down the stairs, "'so she turned around.' There he was, as handsome as ever. Hi, it's me, Will Smith, the boy who broke your heart. Hi, I know, it's me, the relatable girl, but brilliant, but beautiful girl whose heart you broke. Yeah, I know, he said. They stared at each other with a million things to say and no words to say them. I'm going to be a famous civil rights activist, you know. Yeah, I'm going to be a basketball player. Yeah, I know that. You're really good at basketball. Well, you're really good at civil rights. Thanks. And then they talked about all the many, many varied things that non-white couples talk about. They talked about those many, many varied things for a while until they got closure. Whoopi Goldberg started to leave, but not before the Pine Saw Lady stopped her. Hey, I wanted to give you something, the Pine Lady said. What? Whoopi Goldberg said tearfully. It's a book by renowned African-American author Toni Morrison. Oh, I've always wanted to read a book by renowned African-American author Toni Morrison. Intersectional Feminism, the Pinesaw Lady said. Seventy-seven cents to the dollar, Whoopi Goldberg replied. No, sixty-four cents, the Pinesaw Lady said. Wokeness, Whoopi Goldberg said. Yes, the Pinesaw Lady replied. And just like that, Whoopi Goldberg got in a station wagon ready to head to college to major in Martin Luther King so that she could be the most famous civil rights activist. Michelle Obama, she softly thought to herself. End of chapter one.
1: Hi everybody, Tim Heidecker here with huge news. We have a terrific episode of Office Hours Live prepared for you. We had the great stand-up comedian Kyle Kinane come in, and a very special in-studio music session from legendary Mdu Mokhtar.
0: very exciting.
2: Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just huge that we found it. I know. Even Taylor Swift. Is there anything she can't do? That's this. Is, uh, I think we're learning. Yeah, <laughs> you know, no. She, there's nothing she
0: wow. can. Well, do. that was actually one question I wanted to bring up. Was don't you just love it when artists decide that they're good at whatever?
2: Yeah, you know, I think Taylor Swift is one of those artists that is conquering the world Mm, and she's like why mm. don't i like christopher columbus before me Mm -hmm. conquer the stories of people of color yeah and she is brave for doing
1: it yep and i'm proud of her yeah she gets to write history the way she interprets it she'll totally yeah totally
0: and you know much like columbus who is of course our first founding father (laughs) and the first president um Like, America was there, but it was very scary before Mm. he was there. And it was not a place I would want to be. And he was able to go and then tell other people, like, hey, come on, check it out. It's pretty nice. Yeah. And make it sort of, like, welcoming and probably, like, cleaner. And then easier for other people to get around because they could understand.
2: Yeah, and when he wrote the Constitution, I think Mm -hmm. that that was a very important step. I mean, he was also so... um, just welcoming to the people whose whose land he invited himself. That Absolutely. was that
1: was that was that's like one of my my favorite things about Christopher Columbus is mm. how welcoming mm. he was to the people who were already there. Yeah, yeah. I and like, I also
0: like what a good writer he was because the Constitution is my favorite book mm-hmm. and I read it once a year. Yeah, and I wouldn't change a word. Right, mm.
2: right. I mean he. He knew exactly what he was doing, Mm -hmm. Um, and yeah, he like he decided bravely um, to live another three hundred years to just Mm -hmm. see it through. Mm -hmm. So
0: finish what you start.
2: Yeah, finish what you start. But yeah, about like I just think he really kind of created native culture here.
0: um, And what a cool culture it is like i i just love their styles
2: i love their styles and you know i mean like it's like very seasonal it's like only Mm -hmm. for coachella for sure Mm -hmm. but i you know like for that week i'm happy to dress in those styles Mm -hmm. you know
0: yeah i mean i wouldn't wear it on my daddy's yacht but no i would wear it if i was like camping with some friends Completely um, and doing I don't know ayahuasca in the woods. Cause I have that part of me. Oh, totally. I, I don't know. I this is something I've always said, but I'm vast and I contain multitudes. So it's yeah. just something about me.
2: Yeah, <laughs> you we all I mean, that's just that's your own quote, right? You contain multiple multiple. Yeah,
0: it's that's on my back, and yeah. what I believe is Mandarin Chinese. Yeah, uh-huh. I wouldn't know. I just went yeah. to the tattoo place and I said, "Make it foreign." <laughs> um, and they well, said, "All right." I, I gotta say, I was holding my breath a little bit when you read this because I was nervous. Taylor Swift, obviously, she's great at writing lyrics, but is she good at writing books? And the answer is yes.
1: yes. I think
2: I think the answer is a resounding yeah. yes. So I mean, so this
1: was the manuscript. This is is this the manuscript? Well, this is the of,
2: manuscript that was just sent to me. Wow. Um, Taylor Swift and I share the same
1: agent. Okay. okay. So what are you? UTA?
2: Uh, yeah. I mean, it's just a whole bunch of acronyms because they all bought each other mm. and then they like ate each other and um U, U-T-C-A, yeah. At this W-M-A. point It's just the whole alphabet all the mm-hmm. way through. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah.
0: I'm repped by U T I.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Exactly.
0: <laughs> what about you, Colin? Do you have- uh, Utah. Okay, nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, that's so cool. So she reached out to you. That must have been an honor. Like, What happened when you got this? Was it in the mail? Well, was I wouldn't it email? say it's
2: unprecedented.
0: Oh. Yeah, it's not yeah.
2: unprecedented. She sent me cuts before, and this was the first time she sent me a novel. And I was like, well, I'll go for it.
1: That's you amazing. Know? Do you think that she – is she going to – be upset that you you read her novel and that this is being heard by maybe twos of listeners? You know. Um, we are on SoundCloud just <laughs> so you know,
0: and iTunes.
2: <laughs> we are on SoundCloud and iTunes. Um, SoundCloud and iTunes. The best care a man can get. SoundCloud and iTunes. <laughs> and That's they our will our eventually yeah, buy our our each other <laughs> mm-hmm. and eat each other. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Stitcher yeah. offered us a million dollars and we said, go shove it up. Well, you share an agent with Stitcher, right? Mm-hmm. It's you and that's the only that's two people me, your agent uh, Stitcher and uh, Mark Wahlberg's brother. Oh yeah, yeah.
1: I have a Donald. I, I have a good Stitcher. I I fall a lot and cut <laughs> yeah. myself, yeah. and then uh, this guy stitches me up. Yeah,
2: I love He's that. Does he have an agent?
1: Uh, uh, uh Beth Israel. I mm. think mm. is his mm. agent. Mm. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah.
0: So, um, I think. That stories are really important and i also feel like i should be able to say whatever i want mm.
2: you know i'm gonna join you in that bold bold statement i think stories are important too yeah. and i think um you know as someone who believes stories are important i also think i'm just gonna come in and say it books are important
0: Ow. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. That's actually the first time anyone's said anything pro books on this podcast.
1: Yeah.
2: <laughs> so I think books are important and I just wanted to kind of like spread awareness that they exist. That's,
1: you know? I think that's a really noble cause. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. To just, you know, get the word out. Like books are still here. Books can,
2: are here and
0: books are not going anywhere. They're not yeah. going anywhere. They're for more than just propping up your couch when one of the legs is wobbly Uh, or using when you're a kid to look up pictures of butts and Mm. breasts and penises um when you're maybe raised in a small town and you um kind of want to make sure everything's normal yeah and like an art book is all you have now what is feminism
2: that is a really great question it seems to be just a really incredible marketing tool these days Mm. um that is just magically suddenly selling albums. Wow. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's sort of like,
1: like people put, like, an s- organic sticker on Exactly. It's, it's a I
2: lot know. like okay. USDA organic. Okay, great. Um, And sometimes you can just, like, kind of use the word organic or natural yeah. in front. So, yeah, feminism, uh, it seems to just be this thing that conveniently sells uh, albums and movies and... Kind of can create entire personalities on in interviews these days. Wow. That sounds really empowering. Yeah. yeah, it's a new invention. Lena Dunham invented it. Uh huh. And oh, she, oh, the, she's white, right? She, she is white. I don't see color. Mm-hmm. Um, only for people of color, but because you got I, hit by that bus, because I got hit by the bus and I'm phenomenon. I'm John Travolta yeah, yeah. phenomenon. Um, no, I don't see color. Uh, mm-hmm. At all. I don't see race. And we're living in a post-racial society, as you know. Um, And so, yeah, I I think that when... I mean, the the history of feminism is really interesting because when Lena Dunham, as I said, invented it, um, she coincidentally got an HBO show for it. Mm. Um, And they were like, we would love for you to write a show about feminism. So she, she named it Girls because that show... I mean it just speaks for all girls, mm-hmm. which yeah, is why totally. there's no qualifier ahead of it. Yeah, and yeah.
0: that's actually the only way if there is a, a non-man uh, in the room, I will only refer to them as a girl. Because
2: right, that because that's not like disrespectful at all to like take away someone's womanhood no. by calling girls them cute. a girl. Yeah, totally. So it's like kind of a compliment. And so, yeah, so like I said, Lena Dunham, Dunham invented it, but, but Taylor Swift is the one who carried the torch. Wow. Yeah. And it is because mm-hmm. of women like that that older women like Gloria Steinem and, you know, like people who like wrote really old books like Audrey Lorde and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, that's like suddenly why they got published suddenly.
0: My other tattoo says a woman isn't born, she's made. Yeah. And yeah. I really don't know what it means, but in my head it's mm. like, you know those sexy robots from Austin Powers? Oh, yeah. It's sort of like that. And I think of yeah. like an assembly line making these like, I don't know a pretty busty chicks who can also kind of kick ass alongside me, yeah, because um, I'm obviously the hero of my story, mm-hmm. um, and I just think that's a that's a pretty cool. And
2: I think you're fully nailing what feminism is. Yeah.
0: Well, I I was gonna say I've I didn't realize it, but I guess I'm a feminist too because I'll loudly talk about like if I'm out at a bar or mm. a museum, um, I'll loudly. Talk about voting rights and talk about how women should be able to be naked if they want in public and how I don't slut shame as loud as I
1: can Mm -hmm. in an attempt to bag some strange you
2: say that at women while they're trying to speak to you well a lot of women don't
1: you shout that in their faces
2: yeah
0: well at a museum there's a lot of art that it's like I want the women there to under sorry I want the girls there to understand the importance historical and societal Importance of that art as women, and they probably—I'm very—I I'm privileged, and I acknowledge that to be incredibly smart, and so I want to share that by forcing people to understand what I know. Mm. Does that make sense?
2: Yeah, yeah. I, I yeah. Yeah. okay. I fully support it. Yeah. And
1: how how else are people going to know what you know if you don't shout it at them and don't let them get a word mm. in? Yeah. yeah, yeah. They might think their own thoughts, which could be wrong
2: i mean that's kind of what the art of listening is yeah it's being shouted at by men who know better than you right what (laughs) perfect thank (laughs) you
0: so what do you think of pc culture
2: god you know i love this question i love receiving it um pc culture is an invention by tumblr Mm -hmm. um and honestly it is such a burden uh to have to treat people with respect but like i said or as you know i'm a giver so i'm happy to learn you know but pc culture is this kind of new invention where suddenly um you know you have to respect other people's faiths and uh and and skin colors, and Sounds genders, you know. and gen- and and sexual orientations. You know, Hom- when homosexuality was invented in the seventies, mm-hmm, it was like, mm-hmm. oh, wow. I believe Sean Penn.
0: Sean Penn invented
2: it. Sean Penn retroactively, James- yeah. It, and Sean Penn yeah. and James Franco, yeah. That's like a co creation together. Mm-hmm, yeah. But but they well, and before that, it was. A lot of people forget this, but Heath Ledger and Jake Gyllenhaal. Mm. Oh, yeah. 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 Broken Mountain. Broken Mountain. And they invented, like, the most natural way for men to have sex, which is...
0: Uh, far, far away.
2: Which is far, far away and uh, with absolutely no lube except for a tiny little piece of spit. Mm. Yeah. Um, so that's super realistic. Yeah. You
0: yeah. Know? yeah. For, I have a very... I'm, I'm kind of in a fragile... Place right now and so I can't I'm just going to block out that whole sentence because it might just disrupt everything about myself mm-hmm. Colin did you yeah. have something?
1: Yeah I want to just uh, jump in here on the, uh, this discussion of PC culture mm-hmm. and just say that personally I'm more of a Mac guy so just want well, to add to no viruses. Yeah exactly that's cool. Yeah. No
2: viruses mm-hmm. yeah. Uh,
0: you said you can't see color and I just wanted to piggyback on that and say that Um, I can no longer smell anything Mm. um, because I jammed chalk up my nose. I was trying to write something inspiring on a bathroom wall. And you just gave up and jammed chalk? Yeah, I jammed it up there, up my schnoz. Now I can't smell anything, and that's actually kind of helped me be more open-minded because I'm no longer next to someone on the train and be like, oh, they smell bad, or a person who maybe hasn't showered and I'm like, oh, they smell bad. Mm. Or like a teenager who's like just hitting puberty and they don't know how to take care of their body yet and be like, oh, they smell bad. Mm. And now everybody's equal to me. They just all look bad to you. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Mm.
0: Yeah, nasty looking people. Mm. And I think the cool thing about not seeing color is that it's not there anymore. It's not my problem. Everyone's equal and your Whatever makes you different from me now doesn't matter. We're all the same. And so I don't have to... Treat you any differently? We're all we're all one people, and your unique struggles or family or history is irrelevant.
2: Well, when people are doing anti-racism work, and when people are trying to you know talk about uh, Lena Dunham's branded feminism, be mm-hmm. uh, right, Lena. Um, it's I think important. To remember that they're just trying to build up walls. Mm. You know, when someone says, Play the race card. Play the race card. When someone says, I am queer, I'm like, Why are you serving me with an affront? You mm-hmm. know? Mm-hmm. And it's like, I didn't ask. You know? And it's like, Well.
0: Now I have to deal with that. I probably have now to. Now I like, have to wrestle yeah. with that. I have and to learn a new handshake.
2: Learn a new handshake But also it's just You know You're you're the real homophobic one mm-hmm. When someone says Like I identify as Hispanic I'm like Whoa Like Now you're racist You're the racist Yeah
0: Yeah for bringing up race Yeah We could yeah. have just been Happily going about our right? day
2: like, like I said I didn't see it But when someone breaks That illusion Suddenly I see their color And there's nothing else I can think of I'm just obsessed By their color
0: mm-hmm. You know So what's Taylor really like I bet <laughs> she's super down to earth
2: Oh, she's super down to earth. She's super chill. She's super relaxed. She's super... Lazed. Mm. And, lazed? Yeah, lazed. She just... She has this air about her, but also she's like this amazing songwriter. And she just writes from her heart, you know? Um, from the heart she shares with about 20 producers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's it's pretty intimate to watch. Um, and... Yeah, she's like the chillest millionaire you'll ever Mm. meet. Um, So generous, you know? Mm. Um, And yeah, she's a writer. So I wanted to let her work be known by other people. That's amazing.
1: Does she... uh, The same producers, she usually works with on our songs. Did she work with on this manuscript or was yeah. this all a solo oh, No, was, no, was, this was, was 20 together? people. It was, it was, was the people? same
2: team who wrote this
1: <laughs> manuscript. Okay. So yeah, so they would, they would, they would write it and then like collectively decide like, let's cross this out. Let's- yeah. I
2: mean, as you can tell with prose like that, mm-hmm. there were a lot of minds in the kitchen. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I mean, uh, and, you know, so what if they've never met a person of color before in their mm. life? You know, they're they're from Nashville. They're well, I mean, yeah, entitled they're entitled to make whatever. Yeah, they're at.
1: storytellers. You, you don't have to you don't have to like live everything no, to exactly. write, you know, David
0: yeah. Bowie sang about spiders from Mars. Yeah. Yeah. Had he ever met them? No, no. That's called creativity. Yeah. Yeah. So she, we don't
1: chastise him for writing so much about space yeah. when he never went to space. Yeah.
2: And here Taylor Swift really went on a limb to yeah. kind of figure out who are these people I hear of, people yeah. of color, because you definitely don't see them in her videos. So,
1: no. um, so where else is not she going to even... find them? She lives on a yeah. video set. Yeah, she lives so... on a music
0: video set. So, And I thought it was cool when she did that one about Africa –
2: um it was pretty much just her i you know that's what was amazing there was just not a single black person in that and that's like and really, super well if you go to the right real, parts
1: of africa there we, aren't any
2: i think yeah i mean if she definitely found what i would almost say is a non-existent part mm-hmm. that uh has um only trained cheetahs and lions <laughs> um just lying there and, and they're sedated too. They're sedated, and also Clint Eastwood's son. Yeah, and Clint Eastwood is just a great role model for whiteness. I remember huh? when he talked at that chair? He talked mm-hmm. at that chair. That was awesome. I think it's
1: also it's a it was a bold uh, 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 filmmaking choice to not to not typecast then in uh, yeah. for Taylor totally Swift. Totally not. Yeah. I
2: mean, we when we talk about more representation in film, we clearly mean. That when Taylor Swift goes to Africa, she goes against type. Yeah. She casts a white guy yeah. from America to be her love interest. Yep. And then an entirely white crew for the film crew that's filming there. So, yeah.
0: um, When I was filming my um, sequel to Out of Africa called uh, Really Getting Out This Time, uh, <laughs> we filmed it at Epcot. At the Zimbabwe station in Epcot, Mm. um, which was awesome because... And and very authentic. It was super authentic. It was animatronics. A lot of our budget is going towards removing the whirring sound of the gears and the robots in post from all the audio. Um, But I'm pretty excited for that. Yeah. So, Dylan, I was wondering if we could give you some pending titles of some of our upcoming books. And maybe you just quickly respond as fast as you can with what you think of them. Yeah. Yeah. an Inconvenient Tooth, My Time is Al Gore's Dentist.
2: I love it. Um, I love it. Great. Thank
0: you. Please Great. keep the, rest- the responses short.
1: Uh, sex Monsters in the Time of Chlamydia.
0: <laughs> Perfect.
1: Great. Midnight in the Museum of <laughs> Creepy Stuff. Mm-hmm. I'm reading it. Porches, Futons, and Floors, All the Places I've Slept. I
0: love it. Great. This one is not for kids. Uh, danger in the Ball Pit. <laughs> <laughs>
2: More, please.
0: <laughs> my Gigantic Son.
2: Uh huh.
1: <laughs> Boston Baked Bad Boy. Uh huh. Skunk Days. My Life Living with Skunks.
2: I'll read it. Great.
1: Teeny Tiny Women. Sure. Jazz.
0: The Book. Ooh. Hotcha. And finally, The Big Old
1: Book of Antiquated One Liners.
2: Yes. Okay. Great.
1: Now we just have to write all these.
2: Write them all Or they could be uh, I think they could make great tweets too
1: Oh interesting Oh that would be a lot easier Yeah Yeah. If we just tweeted these out Instead of writing thousand page novels With just those at the titles I'd love
0: that Because I don't have a lot of time According to my doctor So do you think we can expect anything else From the Taylor Swift camp I mean do you know when this will get released Or if she's got any other projects in the work I don't know But I will tell you
2: um that i am really thinking about getting in touch with another client of my agent lena dunham Mm. um to get her unpublished manuscript of her guide to wokeness
1: whoa that sounds great well when you get it You'll have to come back on the I podcast have and read it to us. We'd love to have you again. I would, yeah.
0: I would love to read it. Final question. Do you know if Heath Ledger and Jake Gyllenhaal really had sex? Um, all I know is that
2: Ang Lee, Jake Gyllenhaal, and Heath Ledger got into a tent. And no one knows. No one has seen the rest of the dailies. Yeah. But God bless them if all they used was a little bit of spit.
0: It's what's called cowboy coffee.
1: It is. <laughs> Thank you so
0: much. Thank you for thank having me. It's been such a pleasure. And thank you to Taylor. Thanks, he- Taylor. Keep rocking in the free world. Keep rocking and keep writing, Taylor. Keep rocking. This one's for all the girls out there.
1: Wow. Thank you once again to Dylan Maron for joining us today. That was... Incredible. Uh,
0: it just feels so good to get to like, I don't know, just talk about the issues with someone, oh, yeah. and really get real and get honest and be oh, challenged.
1: Yeah, I mean, honestly, that's like, that's like me at my most comfortable is when I can be real. Yeah. And so, totally. like, to get real with two other guys, this was great. This was a really eye-opening,
0: and a mind-opening, mind-opening, and heart-opening, yeah, conversation. And it's made me kind of want to go out and make a difference, and maybe
1: find someone who has a story to tell, and see if I can't tell it for them. Yeah, like just go out and there's like a million people out on the street, C- and it's at like, least could I tell their story better than they could? Probably, yeah. Especially
0: if you have like a. One of those like laptops that you can like carry around
1: with you, like a, an air, like a small laptop oh, yeah. that you can bring around. Yeah. And, and there's nothing like, holding you back. Yeah. You can Why? Like if you have one of those Mac airs and you're not stealing people's stories and writing them as if they were your own, you're wasting your time. What are you doing?
0: Come on. Or also you could tie that person up and then nobody knows
1: that they're there. Yeah. And, and then that's also story. another good story of theirs that mm. you can then write about all the time all, they were kidnapped.
0: I think that that's kind of what Dylan was saying. Yeah. I, I don't want to put everything. words in his mouth. No, but, but I would like to sum up what he said yeah. by saying, go out, find someone who seems like they have an interesting story, kidnap, kidnap them. them, tie them up, tell their story mm-hmm. as if it was your own, mm-hmm. make money off of it. Yeah. So Dylan, and everyone. And speaking of... Other people's stories. We just want to remind you that Literati has put out at this point over 6,000 episodes. Now, only about 8 or 10 or so are actually online, but those are the real primo ones. And you can go right on to iTunes and listen to them again, and you'll find the more you listen, the more you realize that um, they're so good. And you can also leave a little review on iTunes and or like can leave a love a, note to either of note, us a rating the best way to get in touch with us is to leave a love note in the iTunes review and rating section so please five stars and your number yeah five stars and a little lipstick kiss for us so that's it for another week here at literati uh, we'll be joining you soon with our guest uh, the author of the Bible can't believe we booked him I can't
1: believe we got
0: God Very excited for that. But until then, don't forget to to read read read, Sorry
1: book.
0: Forever Dog. This has been a Forever Dog production. Executive produced by Joe Cilio, Alex Ramsey, and Brett Boehm. For more podcasts, please visit foreverdogproductions.com.